absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome, podcast patrons, to yet another episode of Leave the Pin In Podcast. We're actually coming to you live for the first time ever, Scott and myself from Black Bear Golf Club in Franklin, New Jersey. Yeah, usually we do this over the phone, so it's kind of a different experience sitting next to Dan, but uh, really excited to do it, so let's go. So we just got done playing 18 holes. We actually just finished up. We ate lunch. Um, Scott, what'd you have for lunch? A uh, nice little turkey burger. Um, the thing was probably seven inches high. Um, the uh, avocado slash turkey slash bun were, were done. It was a rather hefty meal, but... I'm feeling pretty good, and let's talk about some golf. Yeah, we're on to uh, round two now. We're going to be playing the putting course coming up after this. But uh, so, so Black Bear Golf Club played at 6,400 yards, but the elevation changes probably played closer to about 67.5 or so. And the course is very wet. We had a thunderstorm here last night, got a ton of rains. So we had some plug lies, uh, some fairways that were a little bit underwater, nothing that the course could have done to do anything different. Sometimes you just can't prevent topography and a bunch of cart path only holes. But overall, Scott, I think we did pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I I had a good six-hole stretch where I did not have a a flat lie, which is kind of my Achilles heel. Um, uh, I'm not really good on uneven lies, and that kind of got to me. But for the most part, I think this is a a course that if you want to come and and test your game on that mountain golf scene, it's a place to do it. Yeah, it's 100% a mountain golf course, you know, and and for me – being in Pennsylvania, even Scott for where he's at, you know, I, I grow a little bit tired at times of mountain courses. Um, there were a few, they weren't quirky holes here, but they were just typical mountain golf holes. 260 yard par four straight up the hill. There's nothing you can do about that. The topography mandates that you have that hole. I have those on my old home course at Hideaway Hills. So it's basically one kind of in the same. You've seen a mountain course, you've seen them all. The conditioning is though were pretty good. I thought the greens were in fantastic shape, Scott. Yeah, the course, I would say, with the exception of a few fairways, I thought the course was in really good shape. The greens, like you said, were, were in fantastic shape. I don't think there was a green that had a, a brown spot on it. No, greens were, were gorgeous. The ball reacted as it should, especially after all the rain they got. They're actually holding a Hurricane Junior Tour event as we speak right now. So you know the course has got some teeth if you move the tees back a little bit and you put the pins in certain locations. Scott, we left the pin in all day today, correct? Uh, I don't think anyone took it out at all. You know what? Dan might have taken one out to uh, get his ball out. There's no, that, even that, there's no point. We played no. with Dan from Train on Main. Um, so Scott, myself, Dan from Train on Main, the three of us. And we kind of previewed this place as a possible course area region of the country to do a leave the pin in meetup um you know we're recording outside now it's great ambiance great atmosphere they had great food i had smoked pulled pork quesadillas for lunch i mean that's a that's a good day so far scott yeah there's a, a wedding party walking in right behind us uh so you can just imagine it's a it's a really nice spot to to kind of hang out after a round of golf and just kick back and hang out um but, uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that's that. Yeah, and after this, Scott and I are going to the putting course. They actually have an 18-hole putting course. So think of kind of like at St. Andrews. Think of Thistledew at Pinehurst. Um, I'm not sure if it's set up like mini golf, 
or if it's just an enormous green that has a T marker and holes that are cut into it. But for what it's worth, we got passes to that, and we're going to go down the road about five, ten minutes and, and check that out. Uh, Scott, let's give the people a little rundown of what we were playing for today and how that we played, you, myself, and Dan from Train on Main. Yeah, so like I said before, I'll start with myself. I don't think I had a flat lie the entire round. Um, I did not play well on a few holes, had a couple big blow-ups. For the most part, I thought I hit the ball really well. Uh, Did not putt well, but that's kind of my game where it's at right now. Uh, Dan, he had a string where he was pretty dominant. Dan, uh, This Dan, not Dan Lewis, um, where he was pretty dominant. I think he won four or five holes in a row on the front. Um, And, uh, you know, Dan, Dan Lewis from Train on Main hit the ball really well. Uh, didn't score well. I don't think his score was reflective of how well he played the course, which is what I would say about myself. But uh, ultimately, in the end, Dan here won the $3 throwdown. And, yeah, I'm just going to lick my wounds. Maybe try and recap some of that on the, the putting course. Oh, for sure. I'll definitely put some dollar bills up. Um, yeah, some so nominations. We, yeah, so we played, we played $3 for the front nine. Three for the back, three for the overall. So basically a $3 Nassau. But the way we did it was we did it by skins. No carryovers whatsoever. So if I got a four, Scott got a four, that hole was a push, we move on to the next one. I ended up winning with seven skins. Scott had four, gave me a little run for my money in the back, and Dan had one skin. I actually started off 6-8-6 as a start. Uh, but came back with an 84 at the end, which, um, you know, for what it was, it was respectable. But there was, a, there was a Tiger-like dominance that I threw out there for a good 9-10 hole stretch, Scott. Yeah, it's, it, and again, like, it, it's tough to come back on holes like this where it, it's, they're, sh- they're shorter and you just kind of had to put the ball in the fairway and hit the ball up to a green, like up a hill. Um, no one's really, unless someone hits a bad drive, no one's really going to have too much of an advantage. I think there were at least three or four holes where Dan and I hit a tee ball that were within a yard of each other on the fairway. Easily, easily. Yeah, um, I mean, it was it was almost like kissing cousins out there. You know yeah, what I mean? It was, from, it was from really good cart golf. Fantastic. And like we said, some of the holes were car path only, so we had to be out there. One birdie was made all day. That was by myself. I almost actually chipped in for eagle. Well, not chipped, and I mean, I had like 75 yards, but uh, almost hold out for eagle. But a very, very respectable tap-in birdie, which was pretty easy, and even I couldn't miss that one. Yeah, I did win the first hole of the day, so, you know, first blood like Rambo. Um, but, yeah, in the end, it's all damn. And, and I will let you know, the only reason Scott won the first hole of the day is because I three-putted the first green from about three and a half feet. Is that fair? Yeah, that was... Uh that was interesting, but you know what? First, you gotta get your read of the greens. That's so. it. And 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 like any good hustler, I did it to give my opponents a a feeling of that they're still in the match. Mm-hmm. And then I sunk my teeth in like Tiger and, and and dominated. Yeah, one of the things that's interesting about playing a course that you're not familiar with, because I've never been here, and I don't think Dan's ever no, been I've here. No, I've never been here. Um, is some of my strength is I can kind of course manage myself around. I know spots I can miss. I know, you know, where I can hit a, a ball. If I know I can't reach the green, like where the layups are. I know sight lines for drives and things like that. And on a course that's new to you, you don't have that. So coming back, I think, another time, I'd probably score better. But 
you know, we can it, play the what if game all you want. Yeah, so it, it don't it, matter. It is actually a course management course. You know, you can't just go out and bomb it. You've got to play to certain spots, and when you don't know those spots, it becomes difficult. Uh, the 17th hole, we actually had to bring up the overhead map, satellite map that you found, just so we know which direction the hole was going. So there were a lot of those where we were kind of uncertain as to where we should aim our tee ball. Yeah, this, this yardage book app, and sometimes it picks up courses and sometimes it doesn't, and I didn't think about it until we got there, and we're just like, where are we hitting this ball? Because um, it looked like there was two fairways, and it turns out that it was a split fairway. You're right, there were two fairways. So, but uh, it was definitely advantageous to hit it to the, the one, split to the right, which is where Dan and I both hit it. Right. Um, didn't really do me much good after that, but... And our boy Dan from, from Train on Main had a little bit of a tough day. Uh, this is not a course that suits him that well. He needs a bomber's course. He needs a wide-open course to, to let loose on. Uh, a little bit wild off the tee, but he can put it out there. Um, I mean, he catches one easily 280, 285. Yeah. And that's legit, you know? Yeah, because he was out driving us by, like, 40, and I'm, I'm kind of in the 240 range. For so, sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, Scott almost died on the 17th tee box today. He almost got hit with a golf ball. And in a true, go- in true Scott nonchalant fashion, gave a, a glance upwards, uh, went back to looking at the overhead layout on his phone and said, I'm fine. I saw it. It was not on a trajectory that was going to hit me. It was close, Scott. It was close. I saw it, though. It almost implanted itself in your skull. It was a good 15 yards to my right. Mind you, the 17th tee box is a good 50 to 60 yards right of the 7th green, which is where the ball was supposed to be going. Yeah, here, yeah here's my question. Uh, did that guy not think we were going to move the carts? Because he played over our carts, which he could have just waited a couple minutes and we would have been out of his way. Which our carts were still 35 yards right of the green. Yeah, no, it was, it was, he was not in a good spot. And, uh, no, I think he when he chipped back over, I think he was just trying to get out of everybody's way as quick as possible. And that's the worst way to play is that, like, come play through that rushed feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We took a ton of uh, content for Instagram. So there's an Instagram Live we went on, um, which I had a great shot on the part three. Um, there's some videos and stuff. Scott in a predicament up on the side of a hill, which was kind of a real, real nasty lie. Um, I don't remember you that taking... That par three fifth. Remember where you had to chip down? Oh, yeah, water? yeah, yeah, you yeah. Said, you said you were in the cart. You said, describe this hole. I said, there's water everywhere. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, I said this was probably going to get bladed into the water, and it didn't. Um, so that was, I think that was a good shot. Yeah, that I, spot. Think, I think what else can you do? I mean, I had yeah. the same shot a few holes later after a ball got plugged in a side hill lie into a par five. As we're, as we're talking right now, we're watching, uh, one can only describe them as true duffers hit balls on the range, and we're seeing the traje- trajectories of these balls, and they are, I wish they were Shot Tracer here, Scott, because yeah. I'm not sure Shot Tracer would pick this stuff up. We can just draw it ourselves, just flat. Yeah, there's, uh, there's left, right, high duck hook, mm. uh, low, f- low slice, a lot of good stuff going on out What's there. What's that? Is that the... It's a David Ledbetter Academy oh, okay. on the other side. Now, David Ledbetter oh, obviously yeah. can't be oh, there. Because he's probably 
escorting Justine Reed around the golf course yeah, right he, now. Yeah, he's working with tour pros, not just a bunch of Jersey mafioso. Yeah. Um, we, we met some some true New Jerseyans, if you will. Yep. Uh, yeah. their, their dialect was filled with a lot of curse words, gabagzool, and I'm going to show this dude a nine iron, he's never going to come back here again. Yeah, I was actually a little worried that if we didn't play fast enough that one of us would end up with, like, cement shoes in the bottom of a pond somewhere. Or a horse head, you know, shows up in our golf cart. Yeah, like, I go to grab your, like, three wood and take off the head cover, and there's just a, a horse head. So let's talk a little golf. Uh, obviously, we're not going to record with the Colonial Complete, right? We have uh, we got Kevin Na on the lead, have a two-stroke lead now. we got two, Tony Finau going out and birdieing one of the first two holes to get to eight under. Um... I would love to see Jordan Spieth come back and claim a title. Again, I'm all about that mindset of him just being like, F you, I was never away, I just had a little bit of a slump, I'm good, I'm back, don't worry about me, you don't know what you're talking about. But I feel like with his length, I feel like Finau is a guy that has a ton of firepower that can um, that can maybe get past Kevin Na today. Although I'd love to see Kevin win, I think he's great for the game, I love what he brings. I think Finau has that explosiveness, and honestly, I think he's due. He's been playing so good for so long. Yeah, at some point, he's gonna stop coming in second and start winning. He's got a, he comes in second a lot. So yeah, he I, he has he, he has no he has no tour event wins. He's nothing. Right. No wins ever. Uh, on he's tour. got one. He's got one opposite field event. Win. Uh, right, real tour event wins. Excuse me. So yeah, so here here's the thing. I I think it takes some time to learn how to win. Um, so I think maybe Tony Finau is not in that spot yet. All right, let me ask you this. Let me interrupt real quick because we're not on the phone so we can do this. Do you think if Tony Finau wins today, if he goes out and wins today, do you think he's the type of dude that now that the manhole cover is off, the lid is off, this is a guy that goes on a run? Like if he wins today, do we start worrying about Tony Finau at the Open? Hmm. Do we worry about him at the U.S. Open? Because um, he's not on my radar right now at no, any of those events. I don't think so. I don't think so, because I think just like it takes time to learn how to win on tour, it takes time to learn how to win majors. I'll agree with that. And that's why you see guys like, like Xander Shoffley, who yeah, obviously, you know, tremendously talented, you know, a lot of, lot of skills, few tour wins. Uh, and he's competed in majors, but... Have you ever really been worried about him at one? No, I've never. You know, I guess the last one would have been at Bethpage. Mm -hmm. And just like everyone else, it kind of fell by the wayside. It became the Brooks and DJ show at the end. You know, and and again, this is, we fall victim to the whole, you know, the Tiger Woods syndrome. Because he was so good so early, so quickly. And that becomes what the perspective is. And then after him, you had Rory, who was so good so quickly. Now you throw Spieth into that and mix then, too. And then Spieth is the next one. And, and now, you know, now the, the darling is Kepka, but Kepka's 29. He's, you know, four years older than, than Spieth. So it, it took him some time to get to that point. Yeah, Spieth conceivably has 16 more majors to play until he reaches being 29 years old with the four majors that he currently has. Right. You know what I mean? If Spieth gets to 29 years old and has six majors, seven majors, mm. then then this talk now about Spieth not being able to compete is completely irrelevant. That's an interesting conversation. So if we if we take this 10 years from now, and uh, I'm going to give you 
you know, those three names, Kepka, Spieth, and Rory, who's got more majors in 10 years? I, th- I think Kepka. I think he's a killer. I think mm-hmm. Spieth and Rory have a lot going on outside of golf. Rory more so than Spieth. Mm-hmm. Rory is deeply involved with his golf pass, his his podcast with Carson Daly. Look how hard it was for you to play so well oh, today, yeah. knowing you had a podcast after. Exactly. Right? Imagine being on the PGA <laughs> Tour and doing that. <laughs> um, I, I, I still think I'd take Spieth. Because he has more years left? He's got the... Well, no, because I think, and, and like you say, Kepka's a killer, I think Spieth has that ability to turn it on in situations and almost like flip the the switch like over the top where Sylvester Stallone turns the hat backwards and now he's he's got like superpowers for sure for sure I, I feel like that's there for Spieth and once he gets himself figured out I, I don't know okay so if, if that's the case what does but, Spieth need to do what what is the catalyst what becomes the spark that ignites that full on go get that inferno for Spieth. I think it's knowing that he has to kind of chase guys. So you don't like him in the in the leader role. You don't like him as the front runner. <laughs> Clearly not. Obviously. But I mean I, I, But a dude like Kepka has done it both ways. That's true. That's what's so impressive. And I think what's I think what's so impressive about golf is golf is one of the true sports that it's what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me now? And Kepka can say, in a year and a half, in two years, I won four majors. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Leading, which, which I think is the hardest thing. I wrote a blog mm-hmm. over at Swing Juice oh, yeah. about that, about leading a major from, from literally the first time you stepped on the tee. Yep. He's done it from coming from behind. He's done it numerous ways on all different types of courses. I don't think there's a better driver of the ball either than he is, except for possibly Rory when he's on, but Rory's not on. Hmm. What the hell do I know? What, do we, what does anyone know? No, no, because I, golf is well, the game I, where Andrew Putnam, who is now two strokes behind, goes out and birdies seven more holes and wins by three today. Right. Well, I mean, and, and all this is, is, you know, moot, because I could throw in a fourth name, and that could disrupt the whole thing. Right. What's, what's the Akshay? What's his last Akshay name? Akshay Batia. Akshay Batia. If I throw him in that 10 years from now, who's got more majors? It could be him. Who or knows? it could be Tiger Woods. It, well, well, no. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Tiger. You know, it, 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 there's, there's a such thing as a, if you gamble, there's a such thing as a safe bet. You know what I mean? Certain yep. numbers in blackjack you split on, right? Yep. Um, you don't hit on 18. You don't hit on 19. You know what I mean? Like... Tiger is an expert poker player we know from Tiger Jam that's happening mm, right now. Right now. Uh, which sounds like a 1990 Sega Genesis video game. But That's when if, it started. <laughs> if, if I had to put my money on anything, I put it on a proven commodity. I put it on a proven winner. I put it on Tiger. Sure. You can't bet against Tiger because no. when you do, he just does things that exactly. make you look silly. Exactly. Speaking of Tiger Jam, Tiger right now is in his element dressing like an awful, awfully dressed seventh grader from the early 2000s, mm. um, attending Tiger Jam in his stonewashed jeans with his long sleeve button-down shirts that roll up with pattern prints underneath, looking like Cam from, uh, from Modern Family. 
Scott, someone's gonna tell Tiger how to dress. I thought this new girl in his life might be the one to do it. She dresses very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think she's a fashion model, but she wears it so I well. Think, I don't think she tells Tiger to do anything. I mean... I, I, I think she's in a spot where if Tiger goes, do I look good in this shirt? She's just like, absolutely. You think Tiger's the type of dude that's just like, look, I got so much money. This, <laughs> I make this look good. Like, ah, dude, you really don't. Okay, literally a ball almost came from the range backwards to us right now. Did you hear that? <laughs> yes, I did. I, I looked more about that one than I did at the one that was right at my head. Yes. Uh, just so everyone knows, we're recording behind the driving range. A good 25, 30 yards behind the driving range outside under pavilion. And we almost got hit with a ball. We are, again, behind the driving range. Yeah, there's like some hedges. Like, we can't see who's hitting, but we can see the ball flight. Most of the ball flights look like like an 8-year-old is throwing the ball out there. Yeah, I think it was a driver that went like 160. I was at the range the other night working, and I saw for the first time this year a ball hit backwards. I was on the chipping green. Well, it's the putting green, but I chip on it. Um, and the ball, I, I, I don't, I don't, you can well, put a gun to my head and I couldn't, I couldn't accomplish that. I'm not Phil. Was Phil Mickelson there? No, Maybe, Phil wasn't. Was it was a, reverse a, slop shots? a flat lie inside a stall, a driver or some sort of wood or hybrid that this boy was able to hit backwards off the roof, off the blacktop and onto the chipping green where I was. I mean, did you get his name? Because with that kind of ball striking, in 10 years, he might have the most majors. <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. Have you seen anything from Tiger Jam? Uh, just the video of him getting taken down by Russell Westbrook. Um, playing poker. Playing poker. Yeah. yeah. Not, not, not tackled. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's pretty much the only thing I've seen. Uh, that and the, the terrible black long sleeve shirt with the patterns on the inside of the the sleeves. Yeah, I know they which played... Which he leaves unbuttoned. Yes. Oh, of course he does. Yeah. Of course he does. I know, I'm not ex- sure exactly where they're playing, um, but they do play around there as well. They always do a charity gamble I, I thing. I think they usually play it at Shadow. Okay, okay. Yeah, which makes sense. They're in there in Vegas, and they have their own table set up and whatnot. And, you know, a neat event. Look, I mean, man, that dude gives so much back to charity through the Tiger Woods Foundation. It's insane. So good on him for that. Scott, did you happen to see that the biggest golf organization body in America, the USGA, is now pairing up with the number one comic book association in America, Marvel, to produce a comic book, and the Avengers, to capitalize on their popularity, Mm -hmm. are going to teach people how to play golf properly. I mean, I... I think that maybe this is something that, that you started years ago with Angry Golf Hulk. <laughs> it's going to be like, all right, Mr. Hulk, how do I hit this ball? Hulk smash. I feel oh, okay. like I am due some royalties. Although my entire Twitter account, Angry Golf Hulk, is probably using copyright infringement, so that's why I can't speak up and say anything. Yeah, no, I feel I feel yeah. shackled by this, Scott. Yeah, I feel like you probably lose that lawsuit. But uh, yeah, I mean, is is Thor gonna come by and like swing hammers and stuff? Like, I I, I want to see how this goes. I want. Th- I used to collect comic books, as you know, when I was mm-hmm. when I was younger. I still have some very valuable issues, maybe not monetarily, but to me as well, some monetarily valuable that I kept before I sold them all. 
This is a comic I am desperately interested in getting my hands on. I can't fathom that they're going to charge for it. Mm. I'm sure it'll be part of free comic book day or maybe given out at specific courses that uh, the USJ, USGA decides. Maybe it'll be at the U.S. Burgess Dive Bombed Us, uh, at the USGA house and museum mm. there. So, yeah, so as you were talking, I was just thinking, like, what would be, like, a good, you know, pairing of PGA Tour golfer and Marvel comic superhero? Okay, Brooks Kepka and Hulk. Okay, fair enough. That's I'm, definitely one. I'm going to go Spider-Man and Webb Simpson play on words. <laughs> that is very clever, Scott. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I would also think that we could do Pat Perez and Thor, keeping with the long hair themed. Okay, I thought you were going to say, like, the anger that comes and calling down, you know, fire and brimstone. I don't actually know enough about comic book characters to... Okay, to, well... To, th- Based things on personality Thor traits. is the Asgardian uh, god of thunder. Mm. And obviously, Pat Perez being a big heavy metal dude, maybe he was thunderstruck. Perfect. ACDC Perfect. style. It works with the hair and all that stuff, too. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's see who else. We have Wasp. I feel like Wasp would be uh, maybe Jane Park. Sure. You know, a very sweet personality, but a little bit of a killer instinct mm-hmm. inside okay okay uh who else you have you have quicksilver he is a a mutant who has been with the x-men as well as the avengers um i definitely would not pair him with jb holmes uh quicksilver or, or, being or, a speed freak or the flash which that might be dc comics it is dc okay. comics correct correct quicksilver is basically mm-hmm. dc's version of the of the flash well you know you, know? you gotta have the the same guy just different like outfit yeah literally they do um would you go captain america and uh, patrick reed uh, and I, captain america i think you have to okay i think you have to um yeah i mean you could do um what's the other one i was just thinking of i mean you could do xander shoffley and the x-men okay sure S- professor x yeah sure. right uh who's who's a great iron player i don't want to use sergio because i hate him um, but Hawkeye, uh, I mean, Hawkeye Ti- is, is an Ti- archer. Tiger Woods is the, the best iron player ever. Yeah, I, w- I would go with probably Tiger and Hawkeye as people that always hit their mark, uh, if you will. And then, I mean, who, who, who's Iron Man? Who's the charismatic leader? Is it Phil? Is Phil, Phil? Iron Man? Phil, Ricky. Ricky could be Iron Man, you know? Uh, but I see... Ricky is more of the comic book character that just stands around and looks good and doesn't really do much, you know? Mm, Whereas true. Phil gets stuff done. Like, Iron Man gets stuff done. Right. Okay. You know? Okay. All right, so there you have it. The That's USGA coming out. strange rabbit hole we went down, but okay. <laughs> USGA <laughs> coming out with a comic book with Marvel, um, and, and that'll be on shelves soon. I'm not positive. Sure. You know? So look for that in your local comic book store. Okay, how many... Answer me this. How many... If this only goes to comic book stores... How many golfers are going into comic book stores? Better question. How many comic book stores are there still? I have two near me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There was one, there was one n- not too far from me, but uh, it closed. Okay. And they were supposedly going to reopen somewhere, but I don't think that's happened yet. One is a gamer store, 
like Dungeons and Dragons, those That's type of this metal is, tech but it also things. Sells yeah, comics. exactly. Yeah. One has both, and one is specifically that. My oldest son wanted to go in one day because he thought it was a comic book store, until it was like all Pokemon cards, Magic the Gathering, and stuff like that, and we promptly walked right out. That didn't sound good. <laughs> no, I think that was someone's club head that went further than the ball. Hmm. Um, so, Scott, oh, what else do we have? We got anything else on the, on the docket right now? I don't really oh, think so. N- well, c- can I talk about the the PGA Tour app? Oh, please do. A- a- just as an update as well, we speak, Kevin Na is too ahead, too clear of Tony Finau uh, going to the fifth hole. Yeah, Scott has been on... I can only put it as a tirade. If you could see the text thread between Scott and I, our text messages, they are usually very similar to what we talk about here on the podcast, mm-hmm. and obviously some personal stuff as well. But for the last three or four days, Scott has taken it upon himself to 100% completely police the PGATour.com, PGA Tour app, and the PGA Tour social media streams to the point where a few times a day I get pictures and rants about the wrongness that the PGA Tour is doing. Now, this is not a podunk operation. This no, is it's a, a major sports league. This is like the NFL putting out a picture of Peyton Manning and saying it was Tony Romo. You thought I was going to say Eli Manning, but no. Hmm. It's like putting Doug Williams with a picture of Tom Brady. It's like putting LaDainian Tomlinson with a picture of Christian McCaffrey. Okay, right. not even close. Right. So this started, it was Friday at 4.02, conveniently, because I have a, a picture of it. I uh, got in my car to go out to, to Home Depot. He takes screenshots of these things as if I'm not going to believe him, but I believe so he can shove it in the tour's face if they ever try to correct it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, 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 this is evidence. So I got in my car about 4.02 to go to Home Depot because I needed some pot soil to, you know, plant some stuff around my house. And... I get in the car, and I, I turn on PGA Tour radio, as I tend to do, and if you have Sirius XM, which is the only way you're listening to PGA Tour radio, uh, it will put up you know, updates about the leaderboard. In first place, at that time of the day, on Friday, was three-time PGA Tour winner Jonas Blixt. However, if you looked at it, it was spelled Jones Blixt. J-O-A-N-S And Jonas is obviously J-O-N-A-S Yeah And uh, imagine being him Shooting 64 Leading a tournament And they can't even spell your name right Right And not a guy that just came out on tour Not a PGA Tour rookie Not a web.com guy A guy that has been on tour For a while If you follow golf You know the name Jonas Blixt uh, yeah, again, three-time PGA Tour winner. I think he won his first tournament in 2012 or 2013. Give him, give him the next evidential proof, Scott, that you found the PGA Tour messed up. This is the, this is the, the greatest. So I, I, later on that day, a couple hours later, uh, I went onto the app to see who was in the lead to see if it was still Jones Blixt. Um, and at that point, Kevin Na had assumed the lead. But there was a picture of Ricky Fowler, very well-known golfer, uh, and the caption on the picture is, here's why Jordan Spieth changed driver shafts in the 2019 Charles Schwab Championship. The person in charge of PGA Tour Media believes that Jordan Spieth 
and Ricky Fowler are interchangeable. So, well, for a minute I thought, okay, let me read this article, because Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler are boys. Maybe they were, you know, talking and Ricky recommended a, a different shaft for Jordan's driver. Think he was maybe F nine speedback. They saw something and they were playing, and he's like, you know what? Maybe you want to try this shaft. Again, it, stranger things have happened. So I clicked on the article, expecting to see Ricky having something to do with this change. It had nothing to do with it. It just he likes a heavier shaft, I guess. Um, and then a few. Minutes later, uh, yeah, seven minutes later, I looked on it again, and the picture had disappeared and was just replaced with the PGA Tour logo. Because apparently the PGA Tour does not have any pictures of Jordan Spieth handy that they could have replaced the picture of Ricky Fowler with. You know how right now it's obvious that the government is probably listening to all of these conversations and can easily oh. get any of our information. Oh, totally. So... I believe that the PGA Tour knows that Scott is such a nuisance, such a pest, such a thorn in their side that they have his social media completely bugged. And so instead of doing their own fact check, they go to Scott and they put up incorrect facts, maybe not on purpose, but knowing full well that Scott will go out and do the dirty work for them. I believe they are using Scott right now. Which... It's fine. Like, if that's what they want to do, I, I have no problem pointing out all of their errors. Um, I've refrained from doing it on social media because at some point uh, we're going to you know, continue to apply for media credentials. And I don't want <laughs> that to be what they see when they check us out. <laughs> uh, for uh, for PJTour.com, as you're listening out there, Scott and I are separate entities. Feel free to give me... <laughs> Uh, media tour access, and I will just bring him as my plus one. Uh, uh, I mean, somebody else other than Scott as my plus one. <laughs> uh, we love you guys. Just we wish you tried a little bit harder. Just, just uh, you know, the thing is, I hate when someone is doing a job, what we consider a cool job or something neat like that, and they're not doing it at a level that we could easily do it at. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Any other mess ups on their part? Uh, that was all I saw this week. I, I, I haven't really been, well, I haven't found anything since. So yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're, they're, they've stepped their game up. They realized the error of their ways and I would like to see them replace the picture with a picture of Jordan Spieth. Just saying. Like, yeah. He's not like kind of a recognizable of thousands of those pictures laying around. Um, what do you think about the course this week at, at Colonial Scott? Uh, it's a little different from what they usually play. It's yeah. kind of like a Harbor Town kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a dude. I'm a big fan. It's the longest running event on tour. They got really kind of uh, horseshoed into a corner by losing their title sponsor, losing a ton of money. But the community came together and saved it. And Charles Schwab financially saved it. I'm not a big fan of it being called the Charles Schwab Challenge. Colonial's completely left out. Right. Right? Yeah, well, I'm, you know... It might be the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. I'm, I'm pretty sure the name is just the Charles Schwab yeah. Challenge. He, um, here's the thing, though. If you're ponying up that kind of money, you, you're going to want your name all over it. Yeah, but you think you'd also want to take a little bit of the past and let people recognize the fact that, you know what, you're good stewards of the game. You want it to continue. And, and I mean, is... Obviously, there's more famous courses, but for people that know golf, like, I mean, Colonial is the home of Ben Hogan. 
Yeah, you know, just I, the Charles Schwab challenge. You're right. Right. So to exclude the name Colonial and not have as a much mention of Hogan or anything like that, I think does a little bit of injustice to the people of Fort Worth and the surrounding area. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you there. But again, money talks, and uh, and there you have it. Yeah, you name it the, the the Chuck Schwab Challenge. Again, you're pointing out that kind of money. You're going to want your name all over it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so anything else, Scott, to talk about? No. We have anything. I, I it's it's a pretty it. quiet been, week in golf. Well, again, it's that post-major championship. You know, it, there's golf going on, but it's it's kind of like the letdown, the, 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 the hangover, if you will. Sure. You had a great course at Bethpage, a major championship for the first time in 70 years being held in May. You know, you can't expect greatest but what you can expect is scott and myself to have a cutthroat competition at the crystal springs putting course coming up scott give me your projections because your predictions this morning turned out to be wrong that's true um what are the stakes scott tell people right now on the pod what the stakes are we'll put all the and we'll put everything up on instagram after you know when we get to mm-hmm. the other resort the other side of the resort so I mean, do you want to do just do straight up three bucks? Ooh, three bucks total score. Three bucks total score. It's putting, no strokes. Let's no go. strokes. Let's go. Let's do it. Jesus. All right. Okay. So another so, three dollars well, you want to lose. And then as far <laughs> and then as far as prediction, uh, Dan's gonna be going home with my three dollars because <laughs> I, I I would say there's there I, not that I, there's only two weak spots in my game, but the two weakest spots in my game are putting and hitting out of bunkers. Well, and there's not going to be any bunkers. We don't know that. It's an all-grass putting course. <laughs> you don't know that, Scott. You literally might putt into a bunker, and the bunkers here were pretty hard today. I, I mm. probably would have done better out of the bunkers today if I putted. Yeah, I mean, it, they were rock hard. I was in one on the first hole, and I hit what I thought was a really good sand shot, and my club just banged against the sand yeah i have a feeling a lot of that was, was the heavy rain that they had last night to kind of trample everything yeah. down there was zero splash um <laughs> i have uh what do you think i see i don't know i can't even give a score i don't know if they're all like part twos or anything like yeah, that. yeah it's tough to all right i'm gonna say that i finish no worse than two over par okay unless it's like quirky and i don't you know and we don't know well but but that's my prediction two over par you uh I'm gonna say, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say seven over par. Okay, all right. I was looking at my scorecard today, Scott, and usually, where PJ Tour players feast is on par fives. Hmm. I was eight over on the par fives alone today. Yeah. Th- if I th- play those in two over, I easily break eighty. Uh, there, I forget which one. It was one of the ones where we were within feet of each other in our drives. Um, we both hit really good drives. We both hit what were really good second shots that ended up just with strange lies. Yes. And, yeah, like I said, I, we, we took out the first 400 yards in two shots, and then it took another three or four more to get it into the hole from 100 yards in. Right, and that's the thing with mountain golf. You get these side hill lies that, that maybe people down south or – or maybe people in the Southwest just aren't familiar with. Maybe even people in the Midwest are just not familiar with. Um, but in the Northeast, um, I, I would assume there's probably courses in maybe 
Colorado and Nevada that that maybe have some of that um, target golf aspect that mm. mountain golf has. But yeah, you, you, like, if, well, like if you've seen Wolf Creek, sure, like the, sure, it's kind of like that, but with less desert. Right. So with mountain courses, if you get a little bit offline, uh, your score can go haywire quick. Where if you're like when I'm down south in the summer, there's room to spray it mm. in the rough, and things are relatively flat. You know, an elevated green down there is a man-made elevated green. An elevated green here might be 100 feet above where you're hitting. might be a two-club difference. There's a, a, a course by me that's kind of mountain-esque. Um, and it's a par five, and you basically are playing three par threes because you hit your first shot straight up a hill, and you can't go any further because if you do, you run into the next hill you have to hit up. And then you have to hit a third shot up to the green. So it's a par five because you're basically playing to three different plateaus. That's how it was here on yeah. some holes. The, yep. the yardage is very misleading because you see it at 62, 63, and you think, man, I could bomb driver all day and have flip wedges in. And you can't. Some holes you just can't hit driver, you know, because if you do, you put in more trouble in place. So you take the longer yep. shot, you hit hybrid, you hit three wood or something like that off the line. But, hey, overall a good experience at, at Black Bear Golf Club in Franklin, New Jersey, so we thank them for hosting us here and having us and letting us record out here. Scott, anything to add before we wrap up? No, I feel like we, we should probably get moving because we're going to run into this wedding that's coming up. For sure, for sure. They're starting to set stuff up and taking pictures with the groomsmen and the groom right now. All right, people, so either get busy golfing or get busy dying. See you guys.